What's going on, guys? Uh, welcome to the second episode of the Heart of the Cards podcast. I'm Mitchell Brown, and with me is Anuj Desai. Um, so we're sitting here. It's uh, whatever Wednesday night. A um, little over a week. We've both been busy, but um, here we go. Uh, we got a couple things on the agenda today, um, and we're just going to get right into it and float on through there um, and so see what goes. First, we should uh, probably talk about how much we played poker this past yeah, week. Yeah. So we uh, <laughs> a week and a half. I've uh, what I do. I think we were talking about it last night. You've played five times. I played four. Um, I think. I played three home games and or four, actually I played all four home games, but three of them were here at Anuja's place. And then, uh, two, two, uh, we had two no. oh yeah, three, three. Oh, three. Right here, right? And, uh, and I, I went to, uh, our other home game, that one, two game that we talked about last week a little bit. That's a good, lot of action game. Honestly, it kind of plays like a two, five. And then, um, what else did yeah, you do for I your was, two sessions? I went to MGM one day, um, after work, kind of sporadic. Just went up there with one of my buddies, uh, Mike Graf. Shout out to Graf. And then uh, the second one was I went to Foxwoods unplanned. I was actually just going to get a drink with my dad. We ended up playing poker. Classic. Of course. So, yep. Um, both sessions were really interesting. But we'll get into our hand analysis or top top five or so hands out of the five sessions shortly. Yeah, so we made sure. Um, and I, I kind of do this anyway. I just memorable hands or whatever I, you know think them over or relive them um just because that's a that's a great way to get better is to like you know talk about hands or think them over and think about how you could have especially in cash games gotten more value out of your winning hands or when you lose think about how you could have played it differently and either gotten away from it or or lose the minimum um because you're obviously not going to win every single hand you play um so we've each got a couple different ones um that we're going to discuss later um, and I encourage anybody who listens and plays poker, um, send us some of your hands and shit like that. So, um, let's start out, uh, with a little fun discussion and I'll ask you Anuj and then, uh, you know, maybe I'll name some or you'll, you'll pop some into my mind that we can talk about, but I want to hear about some of your pet peeves of playing live poker. What bothers you? Pet peeves of playing live poker in a casino home game, both Anything, any of them, anything. Any of them. All right. Um, my biggest pet peeve is if I'm in a hand and I have like the nuts or something and someone acts out of turn, like someone to my right acts out of turn and then it's my turn to act. But there was somebody like three people before me that didn't act yet. And then I make a bet and they're like, oh, I didn't act yet. Now I'm now I'm going to bet or check or whatever. You know what I mean? I think that really throws off my strategy. Kind of like when you did that to me la- yeah, uh, last I'm, week. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm, I mean, I'm guilty of it. Guilty is charged. Sometimes it happens a lot in home games. That's, you know, it's very conversational or not as, you know, serious. You're, you're not dealing with, um, as much money as you might be dealing with at the casino. And you also don't have a professional dealer essentially officiating the game. The dealer is the, the ref, um, if you will. So people are drinking and smoking and stuff. I guess they are at the casino too, but a little more, it's a different environment in home games. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's one of my biggest pet peeves. Another one of my bigger pet peeves is getting slow rolled really badly. Uh, like when somebody says you're good and then flips over like a top two pair when you had like mid pair, right? Just call them down to the river and they're just like, oh yeah, you're good. Or I'd even love. just the and stone cold nuts. Yeah. Even stone cold nuts, I'm not that mad about. It's just like, don't tell me I'm good and then show me that I'm not good. Like, you know what I mean? That's yeah. just, that's a tease. Yeah. Um, what else? What bothers me? I mean, um, 
I got slow rolled last week. Um, wasn't a lot of money, so it's not necessarily the end of the world, but um, it happens. Obviously, I think everybody's kind of guilty of it sometimes. You might actually not think you're good and um, whatever, but I think depending on the situation, you don't really see it as a slow roll. Um, one of the things that I uh, I think we should talk about, just because it's, it's kind of fun, it was kind of going on last week in the poker world, um, so it may be old news now. Um, Daniel Negreanu, uh, you probably know who he is, uh, very famous poker player. I think he's got like, not Hold'em, uh, world series of poker bracelets, but he's got like the most WSOP poker bracelets across multiple, um, types of poker. Um, and he tweeted something basically, um, that I think is, is worth talking about if you play live poker is, um, the kind of players that there are that play live poker. So he tweeted, quote, the worst kind of player has the following traits, um, winner, slow, quiet, and then he put in parentheses, also miserable, knit as in cheap or selfish, or they're a hater and they complain a lot or they're negative. He said, like, if you uh, match all of these categories, then you are probably a real treat to have at parties. And two out of the five of those traits is still bad. Um, he got a lot of backlash on Twitter and a bunch of little like poker websites and stuff like that and other podcasters, um, you know, and understandably so a lot of these guys were saying, you know, he thinks he has the right to tell other people how to act or, uh, or, or even worse be, um, I know Doug Polk, um, kind of shit on him a little bit and said like poker isn't about who should or shouldn't play. It's about embracing the people who do. Um, Negrano isn't in touch with this anymore when you think about the kind of player he is, right? I mean, he's up there. He talks a lot. Yeah, it's he talks a lot um, in the game. He's very social or whatever. But even, even just from like a money perspective, um, a lot of these guys were saying like he doesn't play $20 games in his local casino. He doesn't play 1-2 or 2-5 or anything like that. Um, yet he claims to know what's best for everyone and has a right to tell other people. Um, and I should probably... Um, quote some of these people who are saying this just because I'm reading it off an article on, on pokernews.com. Um, DK Lappin and Dara O'Kearney. I don't want to act like um, I'm stealing their words, but I actually, um, I kind of disagree in a sense um, about, you know, he's talking, he was talking like specifically about like if you go to the casino and you sit down at one, two, and there's those, those grinders, you know, the full time poker players that might be sitting there with, um, you know, headphones in, they're not talking, um, cash under their stack. Yeah. On the table. <laughs> they have, they have a mountain of a stack in front of them and chips, and then they have an, an extra couple hundred in front of them on the table. Um, you know, and they're just, they're just obviously there to make money, which poker is a game about making money. I get that. Um, but I think if you are one of those people that are trying to make a living doing it and you want bad players at your table that are constantly rebuying and taking, uh, and handing you their money. Um, I feel like you have a service as I guess, like the, the best player at that table to make it entertaining for those more recreational guys. Because if you want their money, you want to give them a reason, um, to, to stay and not go and get asked for a table change at the casino or pick up and leave entirely. Um, so I'm, I'm one of those guys. I, I wouldn't say I'm like the most conversational at the table, but 
Um, you know, I definitely like to get the table having fun. I, I don't have fun um, sitting and having no conversation whatsoever. And that's kind of why not to um, talk badly of uh, Mohegan Sun, but ever since MGM opened up, um, I said last week I haven't really been to Mohegan too much, and it seems like now when you go there, it's all regulars that are there grinding out every day. And the few times I have gone there, I sit there for two or three hours, and very few is words yeah. are exchanged. And I think if you talk to people at the table, or even if you just don't have headphones on, or if you have headphones on that aren't noise canceling, you hear some of the conversation, whatever, you can definitely kind of understand people's strategy and use that to your advantage. Um, I had a good one at MGM. This one guy was like, oh, yeah, I, I would I would have definitely re-raised him if I had an up and down straight, whatever. And uh, we had a similar board like that. I had two pair. And there was definitely an up and down straight out there. And he was betting heavy. And I called him down. He ended up showing a missed straight draw. And I was, I was good. But just because I heard that conversation, that really helped me out a little bit. It was a really, really small pot. Not really inconsequential. But it still, still won me money instead of losing me money. Um, and then in addition, you just meet some kind of cool people also at mgm i met this uh older guy that was sitting next to me and he had this vest on and i was talking to him about how i hate the winter it's so cold whatever and uh he was like oh my wife just got me this 200 hundred dollar vest like uh it, it's heated and he showed me it was heated. What? yeah he had, he had a button on it he like hit the button there's three different settings and it got really heated and he let me try it on and stuff and i was like damn i'm gonna buy this so i've been looking for one haven't really found one that i want you yeah. haven't bought it yet no, no i haven't bought it i would buy it if I, if I found that same exact vest right now i would buy it it was really warm um, and then I asked him about if it was waterproof and stuff. He didn't know about it, but he says he wears it everywhere. And so I, mean, I would assume if it's a vest, it's probably waterproof if he's going to wear it outside. But he also says he wears it inside his jacket. But I don't know. It's just cool things, cool small things like that. And I have uh, a hand that I'll talk to about at Foxwoods later that saved me at least $100 just because I was talking to the guy. So I would agree that being social definitely plays your advantage. But I mean, some people are just introverted, not social. I wouldn't say I'm extroverted or introverted. I'd say it's pretty pretty good mix. You like to complain mid-hand? Yeah, I definitely complain At home a lot. games, at even, least. Even at the casino, I complain a lot. <laughs> I definitely complain a lot when things don't go in my favor, but I mean, that's human. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's natural. So um, just to kind of like wrap this little, little, I don't know if you, topic up, um, there was one other guy in this article, uh, Todd Whittles, who said... Uh, the pro grinder has no duty to make the game fun for people. Um, in fact, many grinders lack the personality type to make the game fun and would just come off as awkward and or annoying if they tried. Um, others just try to find it um, a burden to constantly provide entertainment. Um, I respectfully disagree. I think if you want people to keep coming back to the casino as a regular or a, a recreational player, um, you do want to give them a reason to come back. If you're just silently sitting there taking their chips hand after hand, um, you know, they're going to take their bad poker skills elsewhere. Um, and you maybe don't uh, disagree as much as I do, but whatever, um, to each his own. Um, one other thing that I thought was kind of interesting, and let me pull up the screenshot on my phone um, just real quick. Um, another poker player... He's a poker vlogger, Johnny Vibes. Um, if you don't watch his videos, uh, I recommend it. Um, he's a good dude. Um, I've had a few very small exchanges with him, just like on Instagram or whatever. Um, so he had an interesting situation at a casino. Um, do you want to read it? Yeah, sure. So, so these are his tweets. There's a player on his right, very frustrated. Every time he limps, Johnny raises. Every time he three bets, every time he raises, 
Johnny three bets. He three bet once and he cold three bet to four. Um, Johnny three bet ACTC. What is that? Ace 10 of clubs. Oh, clubs. Sorry. I was tripping. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 the C's threw me off. Yeah. Um, Not everybody does that. I would just yeah, do, I I just, would just I do, do ace, ace 10, 10 suited. Or, yeah, ace or 10 whatever. suited. Whatever. So it checks down to the river and then he leads in for half the pot. Johnny River to 10, so he calls, and the other guy shows trips. Johnny says, nice hand, and tells the dealer that I want to see his hand. Um, so Johnny refuses say, to say – Johnny – sorry, dude, I'm messing this up. <laughs> it's, it's so hard because he's talking in first person. So Johnny refuses and says, I don't have to show. I can just mock. The other guy demanded, and the dealer says, I have to show as she pro- protests protects the muck. I show him in private and ask if that will suffice. He says, okay, dealer allows me to muck, decided in that moment to move on and not get upset. The point I want to make is that I should be the only one that has control over my emotions. Letting his rude behavior fuck with my vibe and give him all the power, I had a moment where I wanted to fight back, but this feels much better. Um, I think it's interesting. I think if he did muck, I mean, the, the dealer said that he was holding his muck, right? So yeah. He so so the, like back, right? he, he mucked or he tossed them. He said, you're good. And, and like tossed them into the middle. And I guess obviously they were, st- they weren't like totally in the muck. Like the dealer could still tell what were his two cards. And this guy insisted on seeing what he had after probably, you know, you're getting beat, 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 or even if, even if the other guy on his right is folding constantly, he doesn't know what Johnny's ever holding. Um, so when he finally does get a good hand, he wants to get some sort of information on, on how Johnny plays or whatever. Um, I thought it was really interesting when he said that the dealer was holding his muck, protecting them with her hand. And she said, I have to show because I have never seen that. I I actually would argue against that. I mean, obviously every casino has different rules, but I think if the aggressor bets, it doesn't matter about position, but you know, you could be the first one to act. If you check and then the guy in late position bets and you call the aggressor shows first. And if he's good, you don't have to show. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's normally how it goes. You can show, but at the same time, you're giving away a ton of information about how you played a hand and if you had a missed flush draw that was like not even like the the nut flush draw not even an ace high flush draw if you have like seven five it's like oh well this guy called a three bet from middle position with seven five suited you know let me put that in the back of my mind for later when i'm playing against him another in another hand which um that's what poker is all about but at the same time maybe you should if you really want to know what he had you go check check and force the guy in early position to show first. Um, so I don't know. It's it's interesting. Yeah, I think I think it kind of plays to their own. I mean, you definitely shouldn't show all the time for sure, especially when you were on a draw or a bluff and you missed. Um, but I think in that instance, like if he mucked, Johnny shouldn't have to show. That, like once you muck, the hands over. But. I guess that dealer let him muck. Some people would call over the pit boss in that situation. Yeah, honestly. I don't. I don't know where he was playing. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, obviously, so Johnny said he didn't want to make a big deal out of this or whatever. And and Johnny is all about his name is Johnny Vibes. Uh, he's all about positive vibes. He's not trying to make the table have a bad um, aura. I guess you know. So like he he accommodated this guy and showed him this one hand, but. Um, I probably would have argued a lot more than he did, um, which I don't know if I'm a jerk for that or what, but um, 
yeah, it's just just kind of interesting. And I, I think there are those sorts of things like that um, that I've experienced at the casino when I am running hot and a guy bets on the river or something like that, and you you raise him and he folds and you muck because obviously you don't have to show if you won the hand and it didn't get to showdown. And they really like question you about what you had. It happens a lot more at home games, which I, um, I'm not the biggest fan of. I definitely think, um, I get sucked into it, um, a lot more at home games to show when I really don't need to, um, you know, it, it gives away a lot of information. And I think part of the game is if you want to know what I had, then you should have called me. We say that all the time, you know, it, it, well, it's, it's also kind of funny because at home games, sometimes it's like, um, you know, people say, what did you have there or show, show, show. And then you flip it over and then, cause you want to, and other times you say, Hey man, you should have paid if you want yeah, to see home it. Home games, more people are likely to show though. Cause it's mainly just all of our buddies. It's, it's a lot more fun. Yeah. Exactly. It's casual and, and lower stakes. Yep. Um, so we kind of flew through all that, but um, that's okay. That leaves more time for the the hand analysis and hand histories and stuff like that. Um, you want to start out the first one? Yeah. So I've only got three, so you can run through. We'll we'll go every other, but run through as many as you want. All right. So uh, I have a, I have a couple. Um, first, the first game we played was probably a day or two after our first episode of the podcast, and it was this blizzard outside. Everyone still came because they're all degenerates. And uh, I think I won like 50 bucks. I honestly can't remember any significant hands. I think there was like one or two big, um, big variance pulls and pushes on my end. But either way, it was a pretty normal night, if you will. Um, so then a couple of days later, that's when I went to MGM. And the only big hand I got there was um, I had pocket tens. And there was this other guy that was younger dude at the other side of the table. I just from physical appearance, it didn't seem like he knew much about poker. Um but he he was calling me down. I flopped a set. Uh, I think it was ten seven five rainbow, and I was first to act every time. Um, so I bet fifteen. He snap basically snap called me, and then uh, after that first hand, or after that first first set of sequences, the next hand, the next card, the turn was a seven. So I got a boat, um, and at that point, I bet another fifteen, and he called. So I was like, all right, maybe he's straight drawing kind of not really nervous because I have the boat, but hoping that he um, honestly catches so that I can get some value. Um, and then the river comes out and it's a brick and I bet 25 and he tanks for a while. He had short stack. He only had like a hundred dollars to start with. So he's tanking in the, in the, in the, on the button um, tanks for a while, looks at me and says, you made the perfect bet and then throws his chips in. He had two pair, uh, two pair with the, with the, with the two, with the pair on the board. So he just had a pair. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so he didn't have anything crazy. Okay. Um, and then I showed him the boat and he's like, wow, you had me annihilated. So that was only big hand. I won. It was probably like 60, 70 bucks. Overall, I made 80 bucks on the day. Um, nothing crazy. I think we played for like two hours at one, two with graph. So, um, at his, with him at your table. Yeah. He was at my table. Uh, he had some crazy swings actually. He was down a lot and then came back up. He made a, he made a, a sick call with two pair. He shoved with two pair actually. And the guy to the left of him, uh, thought about it for a while. He was on a flush draw. There was two hearts on the board. Graf was under the gun. Thought about it for a while, and then he folded. And the other guy re-raised Graf um, for like I think he went from sixty, which was Graf's initial bet, um, in for like one twenty, one thirty. It was over a two x bet. I know that. Um, and Graf just was like, "All right, I'm in." And the other guy 
looked at his hand. Oh, the flush came in. The flush turned, so the hearts were out there. The other guy that folded was pretty pissed off. Heart of the cards. Yep, heart of the cards. <laughs> and then the river was a brick, so Graf's two pair was good. The other guy didn't show his cards, but he looked at his hand, looked at the board, looked at his hand. He might have been on a straight draw, maybe, but with the board that was out there, really the only thing you're calling with is a flush or a two pair. So that was kind of he – got, he got lucky. The other guy folded, but it's kind of crazy. If I could just interrupt real quick, you reminded me of another pet peeve. And it happens a lot at casinos, not really our home games. But when you make a bet, they call and you flip over your hand and it's a pretty good hand. It's not the nuts, but it's, you know, the essential nuts or whatever. And they are looking at their cards and they take like 15 seconds before they fold. They're looking at the board. They look, you know, at their cards again over and over. And it's just like, dude, am I good or not? Or can you just muck your cards because everybody at the table knows you're not good and you're just like in pain. Yeah. Um, so we'll go into, um, we'll give you mine. What my first hand, I, I've got three. Um, I think, yeah, they're actually technically different stakes. Um, I don't remember which night this was at our home game here. Um, <clears throat> so we were playing 25, 50 cent uh, cash games. We usually, when we, you know, our 25 50 cent we say you could sit down for $15 um, is the minimum and the maximum is 100 um, so I wanted to share this hand not because I think I played it the best way I possibly could have um, but this is just like you know half jokingly like the epitome of how uh, poker has been going for me in 2019 um, so uh, that means I've been running pretty bad <laughs> if you didn't uh, get that but uh, so under the gun uh, raises to $3.50, which is, you know, 6X, but um, at our home games, that's pretty standard, I think. I think we talked about this a little bit last week. Like, we all play with each other so much. Like, you might only make it three or four times the big blind at a casino, um, but you're obviously playing bigger stakes, uh, and, and we play together so much. If you actually want people to fold um, and thin the field out, you have to bet pretty big. Um, so I three bet. Um, in middle position to twelve dollars um, with pocket kings, um, and it folds around to the initial raiser under the gun who calls. Um, spoiler alert: This was also Graf that Anoush was just talking about. Um, so I'm sorry, Graf. Um, I don't know what you were doing. <laughs> so the flop comes king queen jack. So I flop top set, um, but obviously straights get there and. Wait for it. They're all clubs. So not only did uh, Broadway come in or even 9-8 for straights, but if you had any two clubs, I'm now beat. Um, So graph checks, I bet $10, kind of just like a feeler bet. Um, See if he's got something. Um, He calls. The turn was a brick. I don't even remember what it was. It doesn't really matter. Um, He leads out into me. Um, I want to say it was uh, $12 or $15. <clears throat> Excuse me, damn. Um, so I was kind of tilted just because I think I showed this hand to Anuj right when I flopped top set, and I was like, dude, I mean, I didn't say anything. I tried not to give off any information when I showed it to him in frustration, but it was kind of just like, this is my life. You flop top set, and it's all of a sudden nowhere near the best hand. Um, so... He tanks for a while and then eventually calls um, with a jack. Uh, I I don't remember what his kicker was. Um, I think, in all honesty, I didn't really talk to him about it, but he 
had been pretty hot up until that point. And I think I barely even made a dent into his stack, honestly, when I, when I, um, I held up. Um, but I think he just kind of called pre-flop with Jack and some random kicker, um, to kind of defend. It might've been Jack 10 or something like that. I don't really remember. Um, but the people, uh, who play me regularly enough know that I've got enough of a, a wide three betting range that I could have almost anything. Um, and this is like, kind of like what we were talking about before. Like sometimes I'm forced to show down a hand and I three bet pretty considerably with like deuce four suited. Um, I definitely am one of the looser players, I guess, in our group of friends, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It's probably a bad thing, right? Yeah, it's definitely a bad thing. <laughs> oh, okay. For our group of friends. Who thanks for, tight. <laughs> yeah, thanks for, you know, supporting me. Hey, um, <clears throat> yeah, so moral of the story was, um, of course, I get a good hand, the second best starting hand ever created, as Andrew Nimi would like to call it. Another shout out to a poker vlogger. Um, flop a set and immediately have far from the best hand. Um, let's do another one. Um, since Anuj is on his phone. I was actually pulling up a screenshot, or not a screenshot, actually a picture of a gross bad beat from last night, but I'm going to get into this one after. Um, oh, you took a picture? Yeah. Is that oh, that one. Okay, you told yeah. me about that one too. So, okay. Um, um, all right, I, I could go to my next Yeah, yeah. Um, that's actually really funny. Well, I'll, I'll, yeah, go for it. I'll explain the screenshot and why it's funny later. Um, all right, so my next <clears throat> one was at Foxwoods where... I only had like, basically I was borrowing my dad's money because I didn't have cash on me. I didn't want to hit the $10 ETM fee. So I was just going to pay him back. And um, he was also using the money at a different table. So I was just, I just bought in for a hundred bucks initially at one, two. And backstory, I, out of those five games I've played since the last time we made an episode, I've got Kings at least eight times and out of at least eight times and between all the games. And out of those eight times, pocket kings were only good, like, I think, three times. So under 50%. But anyway, so that was the backstory. So I'm at Foxwoods, um, and there's this, there's this older guy at the other end of the table that was bluffing pretty heavily, and he was showing all of his bluffs, too. I don't know if that was part of the strategy or whatever, but he was showing a lot of bluffs. Um, so I get ace-king. I'm, I'm out of position compared to him. It's already heads up pre-flop because he bet to $7. A lot of folds came around to me. I call. There's two people after me that fold. Um, so then the flop comes out, uh, King eight, seven, all, all rainbow. So there's no flush out there. I have ace King, uh, off suit. And so I bet $15. He basically snap calls, doesn't think about it. And the turn is a queen. So now there's a potential straight out there. I guess you still need, and you see, I mean, there's a potential gut shot straight out there. Um, no flush still. Uh, and so I bet 25, he snap calls, doesn't think about it. Um, I have about 60 bucks behind me now left. I think I had 80 starting the hand, um, blinded out for like 20, whatever. And at the end of it, it was a six. So now there's definitely a straight out there, but I'm still first to act, no flush. Um, I think there's a five, six straight out there. So I just go all in. I think it was like 55, 60 bucks. And he thinks about it for a while and then throws his chips in. And he had queen seven. So he had two, he turned to two pair. Um, so that was a brutal L and then the very next hand, I just sat out, didn't watch. I was going to go get more money, but I wanted to watch your hand. And the guy next to me, I was, uh, pretty, pretty, I wasn't friends with him, but we were talking a lot. So we were, I guess, kind of buddy, buddy. He might've been a little drunk based on how his breath <laughs> smelled, <laughs> but, um, either way we were talking a lot. Um, 
and he had Ace King, very next hand. So he showed me his hand. He was showing me his hands all night, basically right next to me, just pulling them up. Showing that's me, probably a no no. Making sure, oh yeah, but nobody was calling it out at Foxwoods. Um, so he showed me his hands all the time, which was cool. Um, and if I didn't see his hands or I'd look away or something, he tapped me on the shoulder to make sure I saw it or like kick my <laughs> leg or something. Like he definitely made sure I wanted to see his hands, which was kind of funny. Was it only good hands or was it any? Bad no, it was hands? anything. It was like nine oh, three okay. all suit. Like it was everything. I, yeah. So I get a lot um, of times people that do that. They want uh, what's it called? What the, what the hell's the word for it? They want like, oh man, why am I drawing a blank? Help me out. I don't know what you're saying. They want like pity. Oh, oh, oh. they they want to yeah, be like, dude, like look at this shit. You know, like yeah, I keep yeah. getting this all night. You know, it's like, dude, yeah. everybody gets bad hands. Yeah, he was showing me every everything hand. though. So he had Ace King the very next hand after I lose, and conveniently he's out of position, and he goes heads up against the old dude that was that I said was bluffing on it that had just beat me. Um, so flop came out with a king again. And it was a king and two low cards. I want to say it was a king two five. Uh, there was two diamonds on the board though. It's a little scary. Um, this guy just goes all aggressive, bets fifty. Old guy calls, bluffer calls. Uh, the turn is another diamond. I think it was a seven of diamonds. And this guy basically was like, "All right, I'm gonna rep the flush now." He had the, he actually had the ace of diamonds. One of his ace was a diamond, so he had a, a flush out, um, four card flush out. And uh, he bets a hundred. The old guy calls him. I'm I'm thinking he's flush drawing too, and the river is a brick. It was irrelevant. It wasn't didn't bring out a straight. Didn't bring out a flush. Well, besides the three that are out there, um, and this guy just goes all in for like 150, and the older guy thinks about it for a while. Thinks about it. He has 150 in cash under his stack and throws it in, just the cash. And uh, so this dude flips over king with an ace kicker, and the other guy looks at his hand, looks at the board, and says, "You're good." Throws his cards away. So <laughs> I don't know what the hell he was calling with, but that, I don't understand why that can happen to me with ace king. You know what I mean? Mm. All right, so um, Anchor just kind of fucked us a little bit. We were talking for 20 to 25 more minutes going over some hands, um, some more hands, rapid fire, and uh, I looked at my laptop, and Anchor had stopped recording, so I guess it stops after 30 minutes. Um, so mental note in the future, I guess. Um, all right, so my next hand that I want to talk about is from the 1-2 uh, home game that I was playing on Friday night. Um, another guy hosts it. Um, this hand is up against uh, the host of the game. Really good dude, um, but he's kind of reckless. He likes to play a lot of hands. He's got some favorite hands that are like 7-8. So um, if you're one of our close friends, you probably know who I'm talking about. Um, so straddles on. Um, there's a couple limps. Uh, I've got pocket eights in middle position. So I decide to make it $18. Um, just to go after the dead money and thin out the field. Um, if I take it all down pre-flop, I'm not going to be too mad because I only had, you know, 45 or so minutes left until I was planning on leaving. And I was up about 300 on the night, um, little under probably. Um, so even though I'm in middle position, I think it's, it's a fairly standard raise. Um, and the button calls and, uh, it's again, it's the host of the game and he makes a comment before he calls, that says, oh, it's Mitchell's raise and my button, I've got a call. Um, so he calls, and then uh, this really inexperienced player to my right also calls. Um, so there's about $70 in the pot, um, maybe a little over uh, with the dead money um, before we go to the flop. And the flop, in typical uh, 2019 fashion for me, comes ace-ace-king, rainbow. Um so, of course, uh, inexperienced player checks. I check. Button bets 18. 
Um, the player to my right calls, um, and I decide to get a little fancy, um, <clears throat> as always. Um, I don't really put the button on an ace. If he has a king, I could maybe scare him away right now, and I'll be happy. Um, I decide to raise to $75 with the intention to fold to a re-raise from the button or a lot of heavy action on the turn or river. Um, I don't really expect the uh, the inexperienced player on my right to, to call. Um, he kind of looked like he was playing scared or like he was unsure of what to do, um, especially after the flop. Um, so the button, um, eventually calls, he tanks for a little while and then calls, um, which really made me think, okay, he does not have an ace. He might have a King. He's putting me on an ace, which, you know, was good. I think I probably could have continued being the aggressor and maybe taken it down. Um, so the <clears throat> player on my right calls after the button or folds after the button calls, the turn is a nine, um, doesn't mean much as far as I'm concerned. Um, but the fact that he did call um, has me a little worried. So I check, um, and he checks fairly quickly. It takes a couple seconds. The river is a four, um, and I think about it for a really long time, um, and I kind of like lost sleep over this hand because I was really thinking about betting around $175. There's a um, little over $220 in the pot, probably. Um, I think it could look like a value bet. Um, with my image and how many hands that I, how loose of a range I tend to have. Um, it could look like I've got it, or maybe it looks like I've got air. I don't know. Um, so I check, uh, thinking that I'll, I'll go into check call mode, uh, depending on how it goes down. Like if he immediately bets and it's a very big bet, I probably fold. Um, if he checks great, Maybe I'm good, probably, hopefully, maybe not, whatever. Um, but to my surprise, he very quickly checks and sits up, uh, leans back, whatever. So I just said, I've got eights. Um, he kind of like shakes his head and says, no good, and flips over jack nine off suit. So um, I wanted to talk about this hand or mention this hand just because um, I thought it was very interesting how even with a, a board texture like that, um, two people can kind of really duke it out um, and throw a lot of money in the middle, even when essentially we both had far from the best hand. Um, so I'm a little annoyed that um, he ended up pairing a nine on the turn. Um, well, I'm annoyed he called $18 preflop with Jack eight off. I'm annoyed he called a $75 check raise on the flop. Um, but that's poker. And, um, yeah. What do you, what do you think? You think if, so let me ask you, um, if you think I bet, or do you think if I bet 175 on the river with pocket eights, do you think he, he made a joke that, and I, I think it was a joke. He said, if I did bet on the river, he's one chipping me, which if you don't know that much, um, about poker, that is a call. Um, one chip is a call. It doesn't matter how big the bet is. It doesn't matter how big your chip that you're throwing in is. Um, it could be, 500 times whatever the bet is one chip is a call um you basically do it when you know you have the nuts but i don't think you know i, I think he, he was trying to get in my head a little bit but what do you think Anush? i think he tanks for a while thinks about it for a long time tries to get a read on you um i mean 
You know him. You played with yeah. him. You only played with him once I'll or twice. But once. did you bet on the turn? You ch- checked on the turn, right? No, and I think if I even maybe if I bet on the turn, but the problem is, is the the fact if you that bet, he, if you bet the flop, the turn, and then went in like ripped it on the river, you're that, good. Yeah. So that's but the I thing think is because you're showing weak initially. Maybe not. Yeah. I I mean, I wouldn't be. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. I it's almost like, wish you did it to see what happened. I know. Well, that's <laughs> the thing. I mean, but I've been on such a, a cold streak this year. Um, this year, like it's been so long. It's only a month, but that's still a long time to be on a cold streak a little bit. But I think I think that look, this is why it's good, is looking back on it like this. I think if if I do bet the turn, even though he paired a nine on the turn, I still think he's folding. You know? Um so that's that. I think even if he hits a nine, he's going to fold to a a check raise on the flop and then another barrel on the turn. I don't think it would have gotten to the river. Um, and even then, if it if it goes check check on the turn and then I bet again on the river, I think he would find the fold button. I think, but you'll never know. You'll never know. <laughs> that's why you know. That's why I woke up in the middle of the night that night and I was just like. <laughs> I should have just bet, man. I should have bet. Um, but whatever. So that was that was an interesting one. Um, I think you've got one more, right, from um, – where was it? MGM or Fox, Foxwoods? Foxwoods? Okay, let it rip, and then I will do my one more hand, and then we'll we'll wrap this shit up. Yeah. I have, like, a couple more hands. <laughs> Dude, they're too good. They're too good. They're too good. All right, so after I lost that $100 um, – with it with the ace king after i lost that hundred dollars i rebought for a hundred another hundred um and i get queen jack um i am on the button this time and so get queen jack uh i think it's seven dollars pre-flop i call the flop comes 10 king ace all diamonds so i don't have a diamond in my hand but um i flop broadway at least so the Older dude that I mentioned earlier that was bluffing a lot that beat me with the ace king because uh, he had two pair. Um, he bet fifty. There, and there was an Asian lady after him. She bet. She called fifty. Um, and then the guy next to me that I was telling you guys earlier about that basically became kind of friends with me, but just like very talkative, very social, uh, friendly with me, I guess. Um, that showed me his ace king and was showing me all his hands earlier. Um, he whispers in my ear. I flop the nut flush. And I look at him and I was like, dude, are you serious? No way. Like I was just, I was just about to shove. He goes in for 150. So now I have a decision to make. I think about it for a while, almost tank basically, throw away my cards. The old guy snap calls at the other end. Um, the Asian lady ends up folding. So then the turn is another diamond. So now there's four diamonds out there. Um, this, the, the guy, the older dude bet, the other dude checked. And then the guy that was really friendly with me bets 150 Again, same bet. Uh, he's almost all in. I think he has like $30 behind him after. <laughs> um, so the older guy calls. I was shook that he called. Maybe he's looking for a fifth diamond on a chop, or maybe he had a small flush. I don't know. Straight maybe. Um, then the river is irrelevant. I think it was like a seven off suit. I don't know. Um, something irrelevant. And so the older guy checks. This guy goes all in for 30 And the older guy calls. This guy flips over his nut flush. Thank God, thank God he actually had it. And then um, the older guy basically just mucks his hand and says, you're good. So I don't I don't know what he was calling with. Maybe he had a lower flush. Um, but either way, I saved a lot of money just for being social. So back to our initial intro where we were talking about being social. If I wasn't talking to that dude from the start, I would have just lost another $100 there. Um, so then same table. 
Um, last last hand at Foxwoods that's worth mentioning. Uh, this one's really interesting. So, so I'm not in this particular hand, but I'm in the next one. Um, there's the same Asian lady I was mentioning last hand, and then this guy with glasses. So the guy with glasses is in position. He's last to act. Um, and the flop comes out 6, 7, 10, all diamonds. Uh, so the Asian lady bets 50. He calls. The river's an eight of diamonds. So now there's six, seven, eight. You just need the nine of diamonds to, to be good. And uh, the Asian lady bets 100. And this guy tanks for a while. He thinks, he thinks, he thinks. And then he tried to call. But I guess he, he flipped over his hand and then put his chips in. So they mucked it. And they were like, you know, taking all the cards and he's like, what are you doing? There's a $5, there's a $500 high hand every 30 minutes. Like I had a straight flush draw and nine of diamonds hit or any diamond. Like I'm good. He had ace. I think he had ace queen of diamonds. Um, oh no, he had ace 10 of diamonds. That's what it was. Ace 10, ace jack. Sorry, sorry. Ace jack because there's a 10 on the board. But, but wait, it, he needed the nine of diamonds. He needed the nine, six, seven, eight, nine. But 10. to play your high hand, you have to use both your whole cards, right? I don't think at Foxwoods. I think at Foxwoods really? you play one. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I think so. That's Either way, he was arguing about the high hand. Um, and he might have been good with the flush also, with the nut flush. <laughs> He's definitely good with the nut flush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how you fold that. You have a nut flush. Oh, my God. That's so crazy. did he – he flipped over his hand on the turn he flipped and over called? on the turn and then, and then put his chips <clears throat> in after. His chips were behind. And so the he flipped over his hand, put it in the middle, and then the dealer started mocking everything. So he calls over the pit boss, of course. Pit boss comes over and was like, "If you threw, if you threw your cards in before putting your chips in, it's a, it's a fold." So he's super tilted. He basically had a guaranteed win. Um, That's hilarious. Yeah, he's salty. He's salty. Uh, so very next hand, I'm under the gun now. I get pocket kings. Here's here's my pocket king run. Bad run for pocket kings. Um, I bet I raised to fifteen. And it gets uh, folded around to that dude with glasses who just tanked with the pit boss. And he looks at me and he goes, I'm all in. And I'm sitting at the other end of the table. And I was like, all right, whatever. So there's four people after him. They all fold, gets to me. And I'm just like, I only have $100 behind me. All my money's like, I'm already short stack on one, two. So I have to call pocket kings. I call, he flips over ace jack off suit. And the flop comes ace, ace, deuce. So he basically flopped me dead. No king came out. So I was done. Um, and then that concluded my night that was, uh, almost caught someone on the tilt, but I guess I didn't, <laughs> he three outed me pretty much. I guess he could have, he had straight outs too, but like brutal with pocket Kings. So that was a uh, negative 200 at Foxwoods. L's happen, man. Yeah. It just sucks when it happens with pocket Kings. Yeah. But it, it happens to everybody, you know, now, I don't know. Now we can talk about our hand. Yeah. Our hand. So, uh, let me pull it up on my phone here. Because uh, it's a whole ton of action, right? It made it to the flop. <laughs> so this was last night, even. Um, 25 cent, 25 cent game, just because we started with only a couple players, um, like five, I think, five or six, whatever. Um, and I decide to get a little saucy and make it uh, 150 under the gun, which isn't that big of a raise, but if. Uh, my hand was six, four of clubs. Um, so that's exactly why it was such a small bet. Um, I think there were two callers, um, after me. And then when it came back to Anuj in the small blind, he made it six twenty five. Um, so he three bet me bastard, not what I wanted to see, but the big blind called 
also 625. So I figure I'm priced. <laughs> I'm in for 150. Right. I'm in for 150. I'm getting ridiculous pot odds to call something like seven to one. No, well, not no, no, not seven to one. I'm dumb. Um, I don't know, three to one, three to one or three point five to one. Three to one with the yeah. dead money, three point five or whatever. It doesn't matter. So I call, just thinking like, okay, I'll see a flop. Flop comes. Uh, oh, everybody else folds behind. So it's uh, three players, and even though I'm under the gun, I'm I'm uh, last to act, which is always nice. Um, so the flop comes queen six four with two diamonds. Um, Anuj leads out in the small blind and bets fifteen dollars. Big blind Shahid calls as well. And I figure I've got probably the best hand. If Anuj has pocket queens, I'm just going to tap the felt and say nice hand. Um, don't have a clue what the big blind could have, but I don't care. I figure if I shove here for a little over 50 bucks, um, it's a slight over bet. And if everybody folds, I'll say awesome. You know, why not? Um, so Anuj throws his hands up in the air says something like, why the hell does all this shit always happen to me? <laughs> and says, I'm all in, uh, because he covered me. Um, and Shahid at the time in the big blind had a monster stack. He, yeah, he'd bought in for a hundred and he was probably sitting with just under 200. Um, he folded. So I don't have a clue, uh, what he could have had. Um, but yeah. Um, so I flip over my, weak ass two pair um and anuj flips over pocket kings rants a little bit pocket kings again man pocket not kings good. again I'm telling you got them eight times they won three times i had them four times that last night actually so half yeah. the times were last night so um turn was an ace thank god it wasn't a king river was another four so i bowed up and anuj's pocket kings are no good and uh he had not that much left. He probably had like 12 or somewhere like 20 bucks left. So I didn't knock him out. Um, but I believe I knocked you out again later. No, um, no, I, th I did. No, that was, that was my big pot right there. No, but I, I know, oh, yeah, I know yeah, I did. I felt like, you. I had like $10 behind me. After yeah. That. And I don't so remember what I had. Honestly, it might've been another it was two small. Pair. I th it was small. I, I was tanking. I, I was flopping $10. two pairs all yeah. night with just like nonsense, like deuce, deuce, four, six, four, um, 10, eight, um, oh, one other hand I wanted to talk about, and it's real quick just because I don't remember all the action, but I think you and I can kind of discuss this a little bit because when it happened last night, it became quite a big uh, topic of discussion about what the winner should have done. Um, and maybe we'll keep his name out, even though everybody who knows us and was at the game last night will know who it was, but whatever, just because we're going to keep this friendly, you know? So... I, it was a bomb pot, I think, right? I don't know what your hand you're talking about. Oh, oh, actually, yeah, no, it wasn't a bomb pot. But I was in the big blind with like 10-6 or something like that. And I flopped a up and down straight draw. Um, I think it was jack, eight, nine. So I either need a seven or a queen to hit a straight. Um, and I think I, I checked and then somebody behind me bet i called um and then the turn i think there were two diamonds on the flop um and then the turn was a brick didn't improve me but i kind of thought maybe since i check calls i could lead out and confuse them on the turn so i bet 
he called. I don't remember what I bet. Doesn't totally matter. Um, but it was it was starting to get to be a pretty big pot, um, ish for our for our twenty five twenty five cent home games. Um, so then the turn or not the turn. Sorry, the river was a seven, and uh, I made my straight. And I was like, word, I'm barreling with nothing, ten high, and it gets there. I've got my straight. Time to go for value. I think I bet twenty three dollars, which was honestly like less than half pot. Um, so very reasonable price to get them to call. And I thought I didn't have the nuts cause I think Broadway maybe no Broadway wasn't there. So I thought I had the nuts and, um, he calls and I flip over my hand and say, I've got a straight. I'm very glad I didn't say I've got the nuts because he flipped over King queen, um, of diamonds for a rivered flush because, Surprise, surprise, the seven that gave me my straight was also the seven of diamonds. So the flush got there, and in a weak moment, I uh, didn't even notice that the flush got there. But I honestly don't know if I would have done anything differently. I think if I folded, or if he if he re-raised me, I would have actually thought about it. I would have looked at the board, and I would have realized that a flush was there. And I totally would have put this kid on uh, on a flush. Um, but anyways, you said something after the hand. So what did you think? What did you say? I said something after the hand. You don't remember? I'm trying to remember. You asked him why he didn't re-raise, and you were like, you could have gotten way oh, more value. Oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And you said, we'll podcast about it right, right now. Yeah, yeah. Right, I was yeah, like, yeah. we started talking about it. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Sh- shut up. He we'll talk about it on the podcast. He should have definitely re-raised there. He's got the, he's got a king high flush in a bomb pot. There's I It mean, wasn't a bomb pot. It wasn't a bomb I, pot? No, no, it wasn't. Because I, I remember because I was in the big blind, yeah. and I, I called so him a raise. It doesn't matter. He's got a king, raise. It doesn't matter. He has a king high flush. You're not repping the ace high flush if you're betting on the on the flop. If you're betting on the flop, you're probably repping. I didn't bet on the flop. I I check called the flop, led on the turn. Led on the turn. If you're calling on the flop, you're probably still going for the straight or straight drawing. You're not. I mean, I just I just have a really hard time putting people on an ace high flush when you have the king and another. Well, yeah. I mean, I would say given how the action went down, especially, and I'm with me in the big blind. There's very little reason to put me on a suited ace. Yeah. Right. Or, you know, then even if you do put me on a suited ace, is it the suited ace that we're looking for, which is the diamonds? Like, I don't think, I think he could have raised, but he basically said, I'll take the guaranteed money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what happened was you bet $23 on the river. And because of that bet, he was content with just winning that. Yeah. Because he was content. It was like a $75 pot. And he was like, oh, yeah, 23 is going to be a good pot for me when he could have made it like 100, probably. Well, yeah, he could have either guaranteed. You didn't even see the flush. He either. At the time. I didn't. Well, no, but that's the thing. I think if he does raise me, I'm going to, I'm going to look at the board again and I'm going to, hopefully, I would, I would hope to put it together. I think you still call, even if you might have a flush, but at the same time, in his position, you have to raise. You can't yeah. just call there, man. That's yeah. crazy. So, um, wait, did we even go over our hand together? Yeah, we did. Yeah, I can't did, remember because this did. is the we second did. time we've done this. No, yeah, yeah. We, did, we did with the Kings. <laughs> kings are bad. Kings are bad, everyone. <laughs> yeah, um, they're, they're just fold them pre-flop. Yeah. So I have two more hands to go over. Um, same thing last night. Note the time. Yeah, I know. It's the same thing last time, last night. Uh the two hands you guys have heard about so far, I got spanked in. So hopefully the next maybe one where you win one. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So um, in this particular instance, this is after Mitch left. Actually, Mitch cashed out. I think he cashed out what like up five dollars like, or something. Yeah, I was. So I was up. I was in for one hundred and fifty, 
in a 100 max game. I bought in for 100, then reloaded for 50. I ran it up to a little over 200, and then I donked it off in this hand where I rivered the straight and thought I was just the yeah. best poker player ever. <laughs> <laughs> I um all right. So in my hand, I'm under the gun. Um, on the preflop, I'm under the gun, and I have queen jack offsuit. Um, I raised to five dollars. I want to say preflop. It's kind of a big raise at the time. I think there was five players in. Um, got in my left. Me Shahid calls, Graf calls, and then everybody else folds. So uh, Shahid is the button, um, and it, the action starts with Graf. So the flop comes. Uh, where's the flop? There's two diamonds on the flop, and I flop Broadway. So it was ten king ace. So just like that hand in the casino when the guy told me he flopped the flush and I had Broadway, this time I actually flopped Broadway with no flush out there. Um, so Graf bets five. I raise to ten. Shahid calls. Graf calls. Turn is an eight of spades. So there's a potential lower straight out there now. Graf checks. I bet ten. Shahid raises me to 20. Graf tanks for a good minute, minute 30, and then decides to call. Um, with two people after him, maybe not a call. If you, I mean, if you don't want to call, and there's two people after you, that's more reason to not call, right? Um, so anyways, he calls, and then I I think I think Graf knew I was going to do this, but I reshove all in. Um, Shahid snap calls, which scared the shit out of me. I figured maybe we're chopping. Um, and then Graf called at that point. He's priced in. And, the, I mean, we're all there's, there's a three-way all in now, so we're well over $200 pot here. Um, so Graf had a two-pair. Shahid had a gut shot straight. River was inconsequential, so I took that one down. Um, and I was up probably... I think I was at even at that point. So then that, that, that brought me into the green. Um, so then in a, then in a later, then in a later hand, um, I had ace Jack against Matt who was in position. No, I was in position. He was first to act. He was under the gun. Um, so ace Jack, there's three people to the flop. It's limp pot too. I don't know why I didn't raise. I think, I don't, I don't think I had time to raise, but I, either way it was limp pot flop comes ace Jack nine rainbow. Um, so Matt bets $5, I raised to 10 and he has like $16 behind. So he just shoves everyone folded after he bet five, by the way, it came to me, I bet 10. Um, so he had like $16 left on top. So he just went all in. Um, I snap called them all in, said, I have top two pair with ace Jack. He said, I flopped a set with pocket nines. I don't know why he's not pre-flop raising with that. Um, and then the turn is like an eight or something. And I was like, damn, you're probably good. I was, I was basically, I was doing the Daniel Negrano negative player thing. Like I do this always happens to me. You know, I go up, <laughs> I go up big and now I'm going to lose. And the river's a Jack. So I ran a boat on the river. Wow. Um, yeah, huge hand. Matt took a big L there. So sorry, Matt. But, um, and then the last night of the hand, the last hand of the night, um, we were playing pineapple poker. And for those of you that don't know what pineapple poker is, it's you get three cards and, uh, you discard one at the flop. So I ended up with ACE 10, um, after the flop came out, obviously, I, just, I think I discarded like a two or something. There's a rainbow board. There's seven, eight, ten. I actually took a picture of this one because I was that salty. But uh, seven, eight, ten. I'm the button. Shahid's the only other one in. Um, everyone else folded. So Shahid checks. I bet five. He calls. The turn is a ten. Shahid bets five. I re-raise to fifteen, and he goes all in, which is for like another forty-five on top, I think. Um, and I'm up. I'm I'm up at this point. That's kind of another reason I called. But I mean, again, with Ace Ten, with a set top kicker, I feel like I'm pretty good. Um, I thought I was really good, so I I have to call us all in. He flopped a straight with Jack Nine Seventy Nine Ten Jack. 
So that was a brutal beat, flopped straight to a turned set top kicker. Um, there's a time where I lost on ace 10. It flop came like 10 10 king. This isn't last night. This was a while ago. I was playing 2 5. It was my first time ever playing 2 5. Bought in for like 500, and uh, it limped to the flop. 10 10 king comes out. I bet 50. Everyone folds. One guy calls. Turn is irrelevant. I bet 50. One guy calls. Same dude calls. River's irrelevant. And I just I shoved because I have top set with a kicker. I didn't even shove. I bet 200 because I had 500 behind me, right? So I still have 300 behind me now. And um, this other guy shoved. So now I'm just thinking like King 10-10, I think 8-7 were the other two. And I have no idea what he has because he didn't pre-flop raise. So I, I have to call with a set there. And he he had pocket king, so he flopped a yacht. So that was uh, pretty rough for me. Ace-10. Ace-10 and kings have been bad for me historically. So... We talked about this last week. Ace 10 sucks. Yeah. I think we talked Ace, about it last week. Ace Maybe we didn't. Um, so we're getting to the end of our podcast this episode, at least. Um, there will be many more, I promise. Um, because I do enjoy doing it. I think Anuj does as well. Um, so we're gonna wrap this up real quick. Um, we want to thank you guys for listening, just because um we know this is a little bit of a long one. Um, this is probably about as long as they're ever gonna be. Um, we know we had a lot of hand histories and stuff like that. Um, so let us know how we can work on those. Um, I think, um, I want to take a quick second to thank everybody who's reached out to us since we started this. And even though it was only a 17 minute episode, just explaining what we were going to do, we got a lot of positive feedback, send us the negative feedback, um, as well. We know it's a work in progress. We're going to keep fine tuning it. Um, you know, let us know what we can work on. Uh, be sure to send in your hand histories and let us analyze them. Um, give us as much info as you can for those. And then um, maybe what we'll do is like, I will read it to Anuj when he won't, um, he won't have read it himself yet. And I'll leave out what the opponent has so that he can kind of, you know, figure out or see if he can put it together or whatever and vice versa. He'll read some for me or whatever. Um, I think that could be a cool way to do it. Um, Make sure you go follow us on Twitter at HOTC Podcast. Like us on Facebook and uh, like, favorite, or subscribe, whatever the hell um, it is that you can do on Anchor. And um, oh, we're on Spotify too. Yep. So go follow us on that. And um, anything else, Anoush? Um, no. Thanks for listening, guys. Just give us your feedback. Always looking to improve. So constructive feedback is also welcome. Um, really oh. impressive with the number of plays that we got. Uh, off of only that's one not, week. That, that's a really high week, though. Like, we, normally, we only play like once. No, no, no. I'm uh, talking about the actual podcast. How many oh, people listen? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, was I, was talking, I thought you were talking about. Like, I, it was like a before. lot more than I was expecting, but um, hopefully, it keeps growing. So, yeah. you know. um, and then the other thing I want to say quickly is that it's tax season, and in the mail the other day, I got a tax paper for Mohegan Sun saying that I won a high hand back in May. It was like a thousand dollar high hand, so I got to pay taxes on it. So. uh Make sure you uh, check your mail and for casino high hand money. <laughs> since, since real quick, since this is the second time Anuj has brought up the thousand dollar high hand he won at Mohegan, I think <laughs> I think next week we're gonna tell that story just because I was involved one way or another. But that's all the time we've got, guys. We will catch you later. Thank you for listening to the Heart of the Cards podcast and have a good one. Thanks, guys.